1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. I decided as a young budding waterfall biologist that I wanted to be that there's probably no place better to do that than the Prairie Pothole region of North Dakota. Welcome to the National Wildlife Federation podcast. I'm your host, Drew Youngdike. On this episode, I get to sit down with the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. And for those of you who have heard some of our earlier podcasts, um, you may know how the National Wildlife Federation works. We are composed of 51 state and territorial independent affiliates, and that's important because what that means is we don't tell them what to do. They actually get together at our annual meeting where we're recording this, and then they tell us what to do at the national level. And it's unique with the National Wildlife Federation because about half of our affiliates represent uh, hunters and anglers in their states, and, and about half of them represent more environmental or watershed or, or birding interests in, in their states. And our policy ends up being where, where they can agree. The North Dakota Wildlife Federation, I would venture a guess, is pretty unapologetically the voice of hunters and anglers in North Dakota. And I know that because I'm here with John Bradley and I'm here with Dave Brandt. And I'm just meeting John Bradley now, but I've known Dave Brandt since we met at last year's annual convention. And this dude is a hunter and an angler. Um, so I, I want to introduce uh, you guys then here. Uh, John Bradley is a new executive director of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. And Dave Brandt is a longtime board member of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. So, so let's start with you, John, because I already know Dave a little bit. <laughs> we'll get to him later. Um, John, you, you recently just started um, as, as a North Dakota Wildlife Federation executive director. Um, where'd you come from? Um, kind of what led you to, to this position? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Uh, like he said, I'm John Bradley. I'm the new executive director for the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. Um, I got my start in hunting and angling at age two, sitting on a dock in Minnesota. Uh, my parents didn't trust me with a, a hook, but so I sat there with a bobber and was persistent <laughs> that uh, I was going to catch something. Uh, and so it fueled a lifelong passion of the outdoors. Uh, I, the last four years before moving to North Dakota, I was in Montana uh, chasing elk, chasing pheasants and ducks with my two-year-old yellow lab. Uh, and you know, trying my hand at fly fishing. I'm happy to report that North Dakota, I can now get back to my true passion of walleye fishing. Nice. Uh, and I've been out this spring, and so uh, that's kind of my, my background as a, as a sportsman, my, my sportsman's credential, I guess, if I, <laughs> if I pass that test. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun, and I'm excited to, to be in North Dakota and to take what I've learned, uh, my experiences in Minnesota and in Montana, and. Uh, apply them to North Dakota and get hunters and anglers 
involved in, in conservation work. That, that's terrific. Um, how's it going with uh, learning how to fly fish? Because I've been trying it for 15 years and I'm still terrible. Yeah, it's frustratingly fun, uh, <laughs> is what I'll say. Uh, it's tough to, to know where you can see the fish, and you know that if you went to your, you know, your truck and pulled out a, a spin rod, you could probably catch them. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a lesson in patience, and so it's, it's been fun. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and Dave, uh, you're, you're on the board of, uh, of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. Uh, yeah, I am actually, I was uh, educated as a wildlife biologist, uh, grew up that way, uh, or grew up in Iowa, originally started, uh, came from, come from a family of long line of hunters. Uh, my, my mother's side are Minnesotans, and my dad was a farmer, grew up in a farming family in Iowa. So, so I, had, uh, I had a couple different perspectives growing up. My dad was more utilitarian. He hunted when he had free time. And uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, they they worked in factories, so they spent all their free time hunting. So, okay. uh, so it's a little bit different perspectives. But uh, I remember as a young child uh, tagging along, at actually three and four years old, with my grandpa and, and father on on opening day of pheasant season, and uh, developed a passion for dogs at that point because they were just like me. I was the bird dog, and and that was my other companion. So. So I learned at early life that uh, dogs are going to be a part of my future. So anyway, so that, that got me going, and I decided that, at, at later in life that I decided I thought I'd like to pursue a career in, in wildlife biology. So I did go to school for that and graduated. And uh, through that uh, process, I actually took up duck hunting on my own because my father did not duck hunt. So I, I learned from the ground up to be, a, to be a duck hunter and made all the mistakes and learned the hard way um, to make them come to me. So anyway, that actually formed my career, and then uh, I decided as a young budding waterfowl biologist that I wanted to be, that there's probably no place better to do that than the Prairie Pothole region of North Dakota. So that's what drew me to North Dakota um, about 30 years ago, and, uh, and that's what got me there, and that's where I've been ever since. It's, it is, in many cases, uh, in many aspects, a hunter's paradise up there, especially if you're a waterfowl hunter. So. So that's what kind of brought me, and and then I I got pulled into the Wildlife Federation just because I believe that it's our responsibility to give back to resources some at, in some manner, and I, that was a way that I figured I could I could put my resources into that. So I became involved with the North Dakota Wildlife Federation probably oh gosh it's been over 15 years ago, and have served on the board for that long, and was uh, was. Uh, but a president of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation for a, for a spurt back in the late 2000s, and uh, and now I'm the affiliate representative. So, and that means that um, when we talk about those those policies that, that get proposed as resolutions and and our the affiliates vote on them, means that you're carrying that vote. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I I got out to North Dakota actually for the first time last fall. I'd I'd never been there. Um, my grandparents used to live in Wyoming, but we usually travel through South Dakota or Nebraska on the way there. And uh, we had the association—excuse me—the Association of Great Lakes Outdoors Writers. Um, and believe it or not, the Great Lakes Outdoors Writers, for some reason, went to Bismarck, North Dakota um, <laughs> last year. Um, so that drew me out there, and I'm really glad it did because I hadn't really seen that country before. You know, I'm, I maybe had the the same perception, maybe that that folks in other states do. You know. The only thing I knew about North Dakota was the, uh, you know, just a couple songs that make it seem kind of stark, <laughs> and uh, 
but driving through there, it, it's beautiful. It is a prairie pothole. Um, we got out around Bismarck to where it starts breaking up. I didn't really get west. Um, I know uh, a couple buddies went out and, and hunted in the Badlands. But even what I, what I saw in going to Fort Abraham Lincoln State Park, I ended up taking a day to just go up and, and trail run and, and see the country. And, and it's beautiful, beautiful country. And Dave came out and, and presented on some of the work uh, to that group that, that the Federation was, the North Dakota Wildlife Federation was doing at the time. Um, what's, what's kind of the history of the formation? How did the North Dakota Wildlife Federation come to be to do that work? Well, I guess as far as the formation, uh, at least the history that I know, I mean, I, I'm an outsider coming from Iowa, so um, unlike some of the uh, some of the other old board members we've had of the past who, who were born and raised there uh, may have a better feel for this. But I think it came out of the same, the same circumstances that formed the National Wildlife Federation. I mean, I think uh, North Dakotans have always been a very consumptive group of people. Um, for either uh, recreational reasons or in some cases actually sustenance uh, reasons. So, I mean, I think they were alarmed probably of what was happening just like most people across the nation were at that time. And given the timing of when they were formed in the mid thirties, it fits in with, the, with, that, with that framework. So I think that was probably the, the genesis of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. And we're continuing on in that tradition of being the voice for hunters and anglers to, to keep habitat on the ground, wildlife, uh, and, you know, full game bags at the end of the day. And, and, and does your federation, does that have a similar decision-making type of, type of structure? Um, so do you have affiliated, like, rotten gun clubs, other associations? How does, you know, let, the way that, that you vote on our policies here, do you have a similar type of process in, in the state? Yeah, so we're, we're made up of affiliate clubs across the state. Okay. Uh, local rod and gun clubs, wildlife clubs, um, and we're working right now to expand that a little bit uh, to get back further out west and to be more inclusive to different user groups. Uh, but yeah, they have a say in our policies at the end, similar to our annual meeting here at National. Uh, we have just a smaller scale version of that in North Dakota, and they, they set our policies. Yep. Yeah, just, just like here, and, and we, we were just working on resolutions today, we do the same thing at our annual meetings. We have a, we have a portfolio of resolutions that drive our policy, and that is, those are basically formed by our affiliated clubs. Um, for quite a few years, I worked for our Michigan affiliate, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, which has a similar model. And, and what I love about that model and, and I think what drives NWF, and you know, regardless of kind of what you think about as a big green group or something like that, our policies are actually set where you could have an individual grassroots member who is an individual member of a rod and gun club in North Dakota. That person could have an idea about conservation, bring it to his club or her club. That may get brought to the North Dakota Wildlife Federation and they may adopt that and that policy may say, tell the NWF to go do something on the national level. You could bring it here, convince Absolutely. the rest of the groups yeah. here um, that that's the right thing to do, and we could adopt it. And then we put, you know, our work and, and you know, when we go to Washington and lobby, we often bring the, the state resources to bear and, and bring them out there. But you could have an individual member of a North Dakota Rod and Gun Club have an idea about conservation, work it through this federation system that, that we've been talking about, 
and that individual rotten gun club member could make a major impact on national conservation policy. And when you talk about a grassroots organization, I don't, I don't know that there's another one in the conservation sphere that is that expansive that has that opportunity for, for an individual hunter or angler. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And, I, and taking it to that next step, um, you know, one of the things that I think is really unique and, 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 and is beneficial to, to the sporting community is we're able to, here at this meeting, interact with people from various other places in this country and find out, you know what, they're facing the same issues. So now you can basically get together with those people and make something that's that's common that drives a common goal for all those for all those people and take that and elevate that up. So that that's something that's pretty powerful, um, not only to learn but to but to move and take action on. What what are some of the things that the North Dakota Wildlife Federation has taken on, um, you know, in North Dakota, recently? Yeah. So. Uh, our, our biggest uh, pitch when we go out to our local affiliates is we're the voice at the Capitol in North Dakota in Bismarck um, during the session. We're one of the few groups that gets up and testifies on any uh, bills relating to hunting, fishing, habitat, access is a big one in North Dakota uh, with so much private land. Uh, and, you know, it's a, right now it's a lot of defense, uh, beating back bad bills. Uh, speaking for resident hunters uh, in the state. Uh, and we hope to start moving that needle more and more so that we can start promoting good bills, you know, access bills that increase public access to, to the resource, uh, increase habitat on the ground for pheasants and for ducks. And so that's, that's where my main focus is right now, coming off of a legislative session where right. uh, we actually had some pretty, pretty strong victories, uh, which was good to see. Uh, now that that session's over, it kind of turns to the fun part of going out and meeting with affiliates and, you know, the on-the-ground, boots-on-the-ground, uh, gloves-in-hand projects, uh, habitat projects. And maybe, Dave, you can speak a little bit. We've got, we've got some work uh, that's going around, around cranes uh, as well as some work uh, out west. Right. I mean, uh, we, we, we've... We've struggled through time. I mean, as with any organization, you have you, you ebb and flow. And uh, uh, recently, we were, we we were the benefactors of of some estates who, for some reason, had heard about some of the work we are do or involved with and recognized us as as an organization that that fights for causes they believed in. And we received some money to uh, to put some conservation on the ground. And uh, one of them was actually specifically ear tag towards uh towards cranes towards crane conservation um in north dakota which is is not a well-known subject so it was kind of interesting that it came down that way but anyway so we so we've worked with other organizations to leverage that money and actually get some conservation um put into the ground to where i believe there will be about uh, two million dollars put in uh put on the ground for conservation work um in north dakota that will benefit everybody it'll benefit not just the not just the consumptive groups, the, the the hunters, but it will also be anybody who enjoys uh, having wildlife around and, and preserving that for the future. What 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 are a couple of those projects? Um, what what do those look like? What what type? Of they're they're done? they're still in the works. This okay. this is something that's happened pretty recently, but uh, most of them are going to probably uh, revolve around easements, conservation easements of okay. some sort. So so 
you know, one of the things that, that we've heard about, at least here at this meeting, and, and some people have probably heard about nationally, is a conversion of grasslands to agriculture. Um, that's, that's been a really big issue um, in our region because it is the prairie system, and it's one of the most imperiled habitats in the world next to the rainforest uh, with the increase in, in, ag in agriculture. So importing, preserving and protecting some of those uh, remaining areas to make sure that they stay intact is pretty, is pretty critical in, in North Dakota. And so that's probably where that, where that conservation uh, effort will, will, will go to. And, and you have a really kind of special role in, in protecting that habitat because the prairie pothole system doesn't just benefit North Dakota. I mean, the prairie pothole system occupies a big part of North Dakota, but that's a duck factory for North America. Absolutely. Um, how, how is that doing? Well, it's doing well. Um, I mean, right now we are in an incredibly wet uh, period, I guess you would say. In fact, in the 30 years I've been there, I'm not so sure I've seen the prairie pothole region. Um, the expanse of the prairie pothole region as wet as it is this year. It's basically wet from the sand hills of North Dakota all the way up through about halfway up through North Dakota at levels that are like, I mean, actually bad. Too much water um, okay. is actually, a, it's, it's causing some issues and is uh, uh, going to be, be uh, hampering some, some agricultural efforts. But so that piece of the pie is there. Unfortunately, with the conversion of grasslands, um, there's a reduction in potential nesting cover and couple that with farm policy that has reduced uh, the CRP program, um, it, it could, it's not going to be as productive as it could be. It, okay. I mean, this, this could have been one of them years when, when people on the receiving end uh, of the migratory corridor could have been going, holy buckets, we made some ducks this year. We're going to make ducks this year, but uh, you know, our goal is to, to make sure we can optimize and make the most we possibly can. So farm policy really drives the landscape in North Dakota. Um, it is, agriculture is number one in North Dakota. It always, always has been and always will be. Uh, so we try to work within that framework and on our landscapes, farm policy probably is the biggest driver. So, and it's not just us, it's, it's, it's the upper Midwest in general. So, so that's one of the things that we, we try and, you know, really focus on because it has such an impact on our, on our wildlife populations. And what, what do you see coming down the line um, next, in addition to the, the conservation projects that, that you were describing? And, and John, I know that, that, that you just came on board, but what, what do you see kind of on the horizon for the North Dakota Wildlife Federation moving forward? Yeah, so uh, I've been on board for just six months uh, right now. I'm finally a full-on resident of North Dakota. I don't have to pay <laughs> non-resident fees, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but yeah, our, our main thing uh, is I would like to see the, the Wildlife Federation in North Dakota grow uh, and really be that grassroots uh, that we got our, our start in, uh, really expand that so that we cover the full state uh, and that, you know, from the northwest corner up near Williston and Watford City down to Wapaton on the uh, southeast side of things, that we are that sportsman's voice. We're, we're covering it. We're working on on, on the ground projects, uh, and we have a seat at the table when it comes to uh, policies. You know, we're talking about farm policy right here. Uh, we have to work with uh, other organizations that represent farmers, and the, the larger of a constituent that we have of, of hunters and anglers who are engaged and active. Uh, 
the, the more or the easier time we'll have with working with, with those landowners, with those farmers groups uh, to, to make actual positive change on the landscape. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we can have a big organization, you know, we can have money in the bank, but if we're not actually doing conservation work on the ground right. and, and seeing the benefits uh, and increasing, you know, deer populations, increasing nesting cover for ducks and for pheasants. Right. Uh, yeah, and I, th I think that's important, John. I mean, we're, we're the, the North Dakota Wildlife Federation is, is different, again, in the realm that it's not one of them groups that has an annual meeting or annual banquet, and you come and you you pay your, your $40 and you have a banquet and, you ha and they raise some money. Our goal is to actually do something and make a difference on the landscape. It, it's it's and if we're not, then then I question why we're why why we're even fight we're fighting the fights. So I mean I think that's that's pretty important to point out because that's that's why I'm involved. I want I want to be a part of an organization that actually is is pr promoting the the history of of sportsmen as conservationists. You know that that's so important. And when you look across the conservation landscape. There are a number of groups, and if you're, you know, if you're a duck hunter, you might join Ducks Unlimited or, or Delta Waterfowl. And they're all good groups. Yeah, all, all good groups. And, and what I see with, it's like a mosaic, right? Like each, each group occupies a different part, and it takes all the different groups being fully effective at doing their part to combine into the conservation force that we need for, for wildlife. And when we think about, you know, especially if you're a waterfowl hunter, like what drew, drew you to North Dakota, and the duck factory that you have there, you know, there, there's work that those other organizations do and they do great work. But if you want to talk about the policy being made in the state where the ducks are made, then it could be. And, and I, don't, I don't want to push, uh, you know, out-of-staters to your organization if that's not, not who you're representing. But you could make the case that if you hunt ducks in North America, whether or not you live in North Dakota, might be a good idea to support the North Dakota Wild Federa Wildlife Federation because the North Dakota Wildlife Federation is fighting the policy battles that protect the prairie pothole region. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of great groups that are working on, you know, species-specific things. Uh, you know, the, the Wildlife Federation is all-encompassing, and so we're working to try and unite where we can uh, on the common ground stuff. You know, there's, there's no need for the conservation groups to, to be bickering and fighting. Let's have a kind of a unified vision and, and move forward to actually protect things on the ground. You know, Dave and I have had that conversation too, because we're, you know, we're both uh, individual members of, of backcountry hunters and anglers, and um, you know, with all the different organizations out there, what, what I like about our federation, and we'll hear this from our, our CEO, uh, Colin O'Mara, who says collaboration is our brand, mm -hmm. you know, and, and working with different groups. Our policies are set by, by our affiliates, but we get work done the best when we're working across the landscape with different partners. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know, you know a couple of us are, are, are members of lots of different groups. Like I work for NWF, but I'm, I'm probably a member of at least 10 different conservation organizations. Mm -hmm. I, su I support the work, I know, and I know you guys are too, um, just from reading your, your, your backgrounds. Um, with the North Dakota Wildlife Federation, um, you talk about reaching, reaching out and, uh, to, new, to new audiences. How, how, are, how are you doing that? How is, how is that gonna work? Do you think 
that that will ever change the character of the federation? Or are we just looking at being more effective as a as a wildlife federation? Uh, yeah. So the, the the biggest thing is you know when you go to meet with these groups and it's whether it's an affiliate of ours or you know Ducks Unlimited, uh, which has a regional office in in Bismarck. It's it's listening to, to what they what projects they've got, uh, where where that common vision can can go and. Uh, I'll, I'll never turn down a good idea. I don't care where it comes from. Uh, we'll we'll take it in, and where we can work together, we will. And uh, you know, I'm a member similar to you. I'm I'm a BHA member. I'm a Pheasants Forever member. Uh, they're all great groups, and where we can work together, we should. Uh, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I think finding common ground is, is quite easy. Um, we have a tendency to get caught in our little cliques, but I think if you can kind of recognize that, you know, the people who, who do nothing but, but bird watch, um, you know what, we, we have very similar goals at the end of the day, and convincing them that, that we are an organization that can further what they enjoy as well is, is how you make those inroads, and, and you become a bigger, a bigger conservation force at that point. So, so somebody... Uh whether they're a hunter and angler in North Dakota or a bird watcher in North Dakota or a duck hunter literally anywhere else in North America wants to get involved and, and support the work of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation, um, where can they go to do that and find you? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram, North Dakota Wildlife. Uh, easiest way to, to, to find us would, you know, use the old Google, North Dakota Wildlife Federation.org. Uh, we just updated our website, uh, have an easy way to become a member, to donate to our, to our work, uh, and just to learn more. If you want to get on our, our newsletter, uh, we'll, we send that out quarterly, and that's, that's kind of the easiest first step. Uh, but otherwise, if you're in Bismarck, come to our office, uh, give us a call. You know, my, my cell phone number is on that website. I'm hoping I don't regret that someday, but uh, <laughs> for right now, it's been good. And, you know. One thing I think that we should probably point out a little bit more about our structure, I guess, we probably should have done that on the front end, but um, yeah, a way to join, of course, is to get involved with a local wildlife club in your region, and and, and I'd encourage them, you know, if you, if you think that, uh, that we're the organization and if they're not affiliated with us, you know, to have that conversation with them and, and explain to them the benefits of being affiliated. But we also have uh, uh, just individual members, you know. You don't have to be, if, if you're not a member of uh, or, or your pursuit is not hunting and angling per se, but you care or you think that the environmental work that we're doing, because everybody likes clean water and, and things like that, right? So if you think that, that that's something that you value, I mean, you can become an individual member of the North Dakota Wildlife Federation without any of being a member of an affiliated club too. So there, there is that option as well. So that's, that's a little bit about the structure. And yeah. I think that, that probably mirrors, I mean, that, that's possible within National Wildlife Federation as well, it, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, we have... Uh, individual members if you add the individual members if you add all the members of the independent affiliates and our partners in different coalitions um you know we we cite the number six million and that's when you add them all all together um but you can support nwf by being a member of an affiliate like north dakota wildlife federation or by being an individual member but even with our individual members I think it's important for folks to know that our grassroots structure is such that our national policies will always be set by our independent state affiliates. So, and that's that's important for us to maintain 
the authenticity, the, the, the contact with grassroots and make sure that we're always a bottom-up structure mm -hmm. and not a top-down structure. Right, right. Um, what, what we'll do is in the show notes, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll, we'll put in the website, uh, make sure that we link to it, um, tag you all when we, when we introduce this. Um, John and Dave, thank you for joining me on the National Wildlife Federation Outdoors Podcast. It's been a pleasure learning more about the North Dakota Wildlife Federation. As I mentioned, I've, I've been there once, and I'll have to get back again because it, uh, it was a lot more beautiful country than, than I expected. Um, yeah, you missed a, you missed a really magical place in the state. So I told you next time you got yep. we got to make sure and get you out the Badlands. Yeah, you know, uh, actually, the guy that took over my old job as uh, <clears throat> excuse me editor of Michigan Outdoors Magazine went out there and hunted the Badlands with uh, Brandon Butler, who at the time was the executive director of the um, Conservation Federation of Missouri, and uh, he wrote a, a great article about it in Michigan Outdoors Magazine. Um, you know about hunting the Badlands out there that that made me wish that I didn't miss that trip <laughs> but but it was great so um, yeah wherever you are are in, in, in America or North Dakota go check out the North Dakota Wildlife Federation uh, thank you both this has been the National Wildlife Federation podcast supported by by a partnership with Rep Your Water who supports our work to try to limit the spread of Asian carp and I've been your host Drew Youngdike Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.